17 minutes before the hour here on the Drought at Large radio show. <laughs> oh, and thanks to our loyal listener who just sent us an article. Looks like our good friend Dave Ryan is in some hot water up in his new uh, co-superintendent gig. We'll have to take a look at that and maybe uh, discuss at a future time. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, County Attorney... Uh, oh, do you want to know the rest of the history? Since yeah, that, sure. the article tells a lot of it. So, we wanted to keep him on a short lease, and um, so he was released from jail uh, a couple of days ago, and the probation officer, doing you know the short lease part of the job, uh, goes out to check and see if he's, he's behaving himself. And when she gets to the... Uh, what my understanding is, he was not following um, the procedure uh, that, you know, the... the, the plea deal that we worked out. Um, there were some kids where he was, and so he was put back in. So he's he's been uh, violated, what they call violated on his probation, and now he's back. So uh, now he, he's back spending time in the jail. And so we get a chance now to say, uh, your, your Honor, you know, this person has not followed the plea deal. He's not been of good behavior, and so impose. Um, you so know, how, so, so there's two different is, sentences hanging right. over him. So how long is he in jail for? Well, that's for the judge to determine. We'll be able to argue um, either, you know, put him in for the, we, there's two basically two sentences that he, he could be uh, well, you're, sent now, on. Mm-hmm. One is a whole year, and one is the remainder of the of the time on the other one. Um, and so we could say, you know, impose one or impose both, or and so we're, we're working out what what we're actually going to argue. But we will request that it be imposed and that he actually spends time in jail. Right. So, but because he hasn't. You know, we gave him the chance, which we would give anybody. We gave him a chance to do it right. Probation found out he's not doing it right, and now, well, now but, the the uh, you know the amount of chances is is gone, and we want to impose. Right, but given given this kid's history, one has to ask: How many chances does one get before the before the prosecutors at least try to throw the book at him? It seems that, and I'm, I'm just going to say this: It seems that you're going out of the way out of your way to cut this kid some slack. Why? Well, I mean, part of it, when we negotiate, we're thinking about what would we get anyway, right? So if we just say, we're not giving you any deals, uh, we're going to push this to the limit. The limit is we go before the judge. And what does the judge give us? So we have to be thinking, what are these judges going to impose? Should we fight to try to get to there? Or are we getting what we think the judge would do anyway? So this is what we what we uh, negotiated is what we think would be close to what the judges would have Imposed anyway, right? But aren't you aren't you being a bit of a of a fortune teller at, at that point? I mean, shouldn't you? I mean, how do you? That's really... part of being a good prosecutor, <laughs> knowing where it's going to end up. In fact, that's the that's a very important part of being an effective prosecutor is looking at a case and saying to yourself, "This is where this is going to end up anyway." You know, I got to spend a now, certain amount of time is it because you because know we have the... so much work to because, do. Well, if we is it because you know the it. judges? Is it because you know that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, Jim Gadet who does our public safety segment uh, each Tuesday morning here has, has been a loud critic of judges who mm-hmm. um, let people go on minor bail amounts or personal recognizance bail. They get arrested while they're out on bail and they get released on bail again. And he has nothing good to say about the judges who keep, you know, it's, it's basically catch and release and let them go back to doing what they were doing. Are the judges the problem here? Is, should there be something in well, law to constrain their listen, sentencing? As prosecutors, we're always complaining about the judges. That's the way, that's the way it is. Because we're pushing, you know, do, do something more. Hold this person. I mean, I, I don't ha- handle a lot of cases. You know, there's 3,000 cases coming into Hillsborough right. County you're every more year. Or less so I, but I do handle some. Yeah. So one, I personally handled was a bank robbery in Nashua. 
And the guy ran off and was found in Massachusetts. So he was he was arrested. He's on bail. And I'm saying, you're on a, you know, he ran off already. Why wouldn't he run off again? He comes in. Oh, I'm going to stay with my cousin. It's right around the corner. Last time we saw him, the judge let him go. And that's it. That's the end of the story because he ran off and we have never seen him again. So we are always arguing, keep him, you know, this we're always arguing against, obviously, the defense. And so, and we lose sometimes. And so we complain about the judges and we say they're too lenient and they, they, they want to be too much. Well, certainly, but this is part of the problem. Certainly someone with a flight, somebody who's already fled once should not be, should not be allowed to have the opportunity to flee again. Pull up a chair next okay. to me and at the, in the court because you're making my argument, right? All right <laughs> and uh, the other side is giving this sob story right. about how you know he's a good kid. I, I, I just, get that. But in the meantime, yeah. what you're telling me is that you're cutting deals like this, which I think has most people wanting to just, uh, just shake their head and not know what to say. I mean, I'm reading these litany of things. That this right. kid has been given a pass on for since 2013, uh, and, and wondering, uh, okay, so you're saying you have to do these things because you quote unquote think that's what the judges are going to do anyway. Why right. not force the issue in front of the judge? So you have to because pick, you know what? you have now to you, pick your battles because now okay, because you fine, have to pick your, you, and this one is, is now, but now you're stained <clears throat> with it. This is a deal that your office cut, and everyone looks at it that I've talked to anyway and thinks it's ridiculous. Well. I mean, now we're at the end of the, we're coming to another part of the story, which is now this guy's going to spend time behind bars. How much time? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what the court gives us. Okay, because but now we're, we're going to be arguing. Give him the whole year. So, so a whole year. So he could be in jail for up to a whole year. Um, well, because yeah. that's what I'm asking. What is the sentence that could be imposed? I mean, well, it could be the year plus the the rest of the other one that you know has, was so like fun. well, let's see. He, I think I took notes on that. But why, why cut it? If you, guys, if you don't want this kid, if you don't want this kid to be anywhere near children, why cut a deal that keeps him off the sex offender registry? Which, if you were on by right, would keep him away from children for the rest of his life. Well, it would give you the ability to look him up, but um, it, it's not necessarily for the rest of your life. You can get taken off of the list. Right. Uh, okay. So, so and if, this this allows us in the short term to to go and and check him out, and which is exactly what we did, and made sure that he was. Following the plea, and he wasn't. So now, now we're at a different stage. I, where I, we're I, saying, you know, let's put him, uh, I, let's I, give him some real punishment. My instinct here that if this were a, a white American teenager, that the book would have been thrown at this kid. A long I, I time don't. Ago. No, I don't think so at all. Why not? It's, it's just everybody wants everybody to give gets, the immigrant or the refugee, you know, a second, third, fourth, fifth chance. No, I don't. Th- and again, that's why we started with, you know, do you know even know his immigration status? I'm not. We try to treat everybody individually, okay. but e- pretty much equally, whether they are an immigrant status or whether they're, you know, third generation here or, you know, or they come from, you know, the Mayflower. We try to treat everybody pretty Actually, much. I know people who are descendants of the Mayflower. Well, I think I am in a, in a some way. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, I know we know it goes back. I mean, we have in my family that somebody was scalped by Indians and killed and yeah. <laughs> and then somebody else in the family went off the main to try to avenge him, but they got too scared and they came back without actually ever seeing the fight. <laughs> so we're not, we're not a warrior clan, apparently. So, so, so this kid's uh, probation yeah, officer no, checked whether up they on can, him. Whether they arrived yesterday or they arrived a long time ago, we try to treat them ex- the same. Well, I mean, all are equal before the law. I get, I, yeah. I get that. And, and you know what? But it's equal, and it's like everybody got an, their individual problems. So you try to tailor it to trying to get to you know what exactly can we do with this person that puts them on a path to not causing any more trouble. And I get that 
you know, I, the, the gist of the article is, hey, you're a guest here. Why don't you behave like it? Well, that's true. I, I agree with that. And, you know, mm-hmm. this kid's done bad stuff, and I don't want to be on the side of this kid because I'm the prosecution. He's done something wrong. But we also want to, you know, push him towards something that's better than what he's doing now, as opposed to, as opposed to forcing him into jail with, and then having him come out and have nothing on him, and then, you know, he goes he keeps doing the crazy stuff that he was doing because that's the way we see it is he keeps doing crazy stuff. All right. I, I had somebody say that your job is not to worry about uh, rehabilitation. Your job is to prosecute the crimes, send them to jail. And, uh, you know, so. I don't agree with that. We do occasionally, you know, we are often sending people to jail, sending people to prison. And, but we also are thinking about what's the, what's the re, what's the sentence and sentences always have rehabilitation punishment. That's part of what a sentence is. And so we're thinking about the rehabilitation part of it. Now back, back on the judges, um, do they have too much discretion in, in, in situations like this? I wouldn't say too much because the, the, op- setting- the opposite of having discretion, of course, is just a mandatory sentence, which those can cause problems all their own. And, you know, we have some and we mostly don't. And so I, I prefer right. the discretion. But, 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 but that, like, you know, your, it's, like your it's bail for- story, like, you know, it, 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 do, I mean, obviously the, the, the judge is a knucklehead because if the guy has flown the coop once and he says, oh, I'm not going to do it again, Your Honor, I, you know. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I'm an idiot. So, I, but stuff like that. And again, I just we hear this from Gadette a lot in our public safety segment about these judges who just simply don't seem to give a damn about these people who reoffend while they're out on bail. Yeah. I feel like we've got judges that you know they've been appointed for uh, ten or fifteen years by Democrats, and they feel they don't pat themselves on the back for being tough. They pat themselves on the back for you know coming up with some you know solution. Um, and that, you know, that weighs in that direction of, of leniency. And so I think, you know, I'm all for going the other way and having judges who are tougher, who the prosecutors can go to and get a real punishment. Is, Absolutely. Is, is perhaps a, and we've, we've always said that. Right. But right. is perhaps a strategy to do that, Dennis? Um, I know you said you want to pick your battles, but is perhaps a way to do that by trying some of these cases in open public court Absolutely. so that the court of public opinion can start to take a look at some of these right. judges and go, well, what the hell are you doing? And that's absolutely correct. And we do that. And so we make sure that we have a case that is really going to, um, you know, be that case where, where, where we're going to get everybody right. on So tell side. me why this kid isn't one of those cases. Well, I, I mean, mean you know, he, now, now in, in, in hindsight, it probably, you know, it looks like it is because everybody's so excited about, you know, mm-hmm. his, uh, his status and all that stuff. But, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, now we have the opportunity to do that. And so if the press is watching, we'll go in and we'll say, Your Honor, we want, we want a real punishment on this person. And we're probably going to get it anyway, though, at this point, because we're down at that point. So we'll see. We'll see what happens we'll, gotcha. when we make our argument in the future. So how many cases go through your – how many cases do you prosecute a year, say, versus how many do you settle out of court? Oh, man. We oh. Get, we get, we're at a pace in the whole county of about 3,000 cases. Um, and, and, and I don't know exactly how many we do. We, we, I generally, I used to say it was 90%. We'd always, we'd always negotiate 90%, but and, I, I think it's probably a higher percentage than that now because we only have time to do so many trials. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much time. Do we need, do we need more judges? Do we need more prosecutors to Well, I've been saying we need, us? I've been asking for more prosecutors, especially with this felonies first, this is adding work right. that we But do we need have more before. judges? 
Do we just simply also need more? You can have all the prosecutors in the world. If you just don't have the capacity in the court system to prosecute the cases, then you end up settling more cases because you have more prosecutors and not enough judges. Well, I don't I, I don't uh, I'm not sure about that right. because, you know, that's somebody else's purview about how much judges and how much judges can do. And, you know, so. and, and uh, his ears were ringing. Our public safety guy, Jim Garrett, a former police prosecutor <laughs> in uh, Litchfield and Amherst is on the line. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, Rich. Good morning, Dennis. How are Good you? Morning. Good. Yeah, I was listening in a little bit about that, man. You know, I guess I understand that not every case goes to jail or every defendant goes to jail, but I guess my heartache is, and Rich touched on it a little bit with, you know, defendants who commit crime while on release. The bail laws in this state are ridiculously lenient, and, you know, I think if you commit a crime while you're on release, and you go to jail, period. You and he was. And, he, file. and this guy did go to jail for that. Oh, that's great. But, uh, but you know, my question to you is, because the bail issue should be a court issue, but your prosecutor should be demanding that, you know, yeah, they be held pre-trial, whether it's a probation hold or not. But how many bites at the apple do you give a defendant, and in this case, this specific defendant, while you show him this, you know, supposed path, I, I mean... You know, I, I don't buy into this cultural ignorance argument. Oh, that's a good or, point. Because you know you what? Know. That is not a legit legal argument, this cultural it's incompetence. Because, yeah, no, that's – and the problem would happen with uh, with the Manchester Solicitor's Office mm-hmm. with that. What happened for that uh, prosecutor was that she sent this person to be evaluated. The evaluations come from somebody who's working for the state. She asked for the evaluation. It comes back with this cultural incompetence, and unfortunately, she didn't know what to do with it. But um, what she then had to, was needed to do was then have that person uh, who seems like it's her witness, and then she, it would be a, uh, a witness she's going to try to, you know, fight against that person's testimony. So it would make put her. But she had to impeach that credibility well, not the credibility, but you know, impeach certainly impeach the argument. Um, so. Right. That was a difficult thing, and she didn't know what to do with it, and that's a, a totally different – that's a different story, but it should not have been accepted as cultural – cultural incompetence should not have been accepted. Right. And, you know, the, the same thing had happened but, to my prosecutors down in Nashville, and, of course, they handled it the correct way. But um, then it ends up – then it ends up being almost like everybody thinking that, that – hold, hold on a second. Jim, I'm going to let you jump in here. It's, it's ahead, hard Jim. on a phone interview because we can't always hear. Go ahead, Jim. No, no, no. That's fine. It seems like that's a variation of the theme, though, when we keep giving multiple bites at the apple to a defendant who doesn't want to stay on this path of righteousness. At some point, instead of giving him a tap on the shoulder, you've got to give him a kick in the backside and send him to jail. Yes, I agree. And I think it's long past time with this defendant. It looks like it. You know, that's... Well, yeah, I mean, and that's really... Ultimately, you know, the job you work with, you know, again, you can't try every case. I get that. You'd shut the courts down in a week. However, you know, at some point, someone's got to look at this and say, hey, this guy's not getting it. We're moving on. Let's send this guy to jail, and we'll go work with a defendant that wants to stay on the path. Absolutely. You got it. All right, Jim, we appreciate right. the call. Thanks, Thanks for articulating it better than I was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jim is uh, he's, he's a hardened prosecutor, that one. And I uh, know we appreciate him being out there uh, and listening and calling in, as we always do. Dennis, uh, we're just we're, we're beyond out of time, but I'm going to give you sort of uh, – you get 30 seconds to 
give some closing thoughts on this case and how things are working in the court system in general? Well, we have a lot of work to do. Um, the Felonies First has brought us a lot to do. And um, you were asking the question, do we need more prosecutors? We absolutely do. Whether we, or not we need more judges is up to the up to the judges uh, and the courts to deter- determine. But yeah. um, we, we, uh, we definitely could use more people working at what, what we do so that we can, because every time we look at a case, it's, you know, what can we do with this case? How much time do we have to do with it? And, and I, in my mind, there's this, there's this uh, gauge or, or a dial that if we have time, you know, the dial can go in one direction and we can ca- take more cases and do more with those more cases. If we're getting taxed for time, then we have to uh, deal with more of them. And we are taxed for time because yeah, we are out of it. Dennis Hogan, county attorney here in Hillsborough. We appreciate your uh, being with us this morning on the Toronto Large Radio Show. You're welcome. Thanks. All right. We're going straight to the news.